what's happening in the world at the moment but I'm really excited this week to be joined by Stephen Crompton um, he is a man that is making some incredible waves I think um, in many different areas of life and I'm really excited to chat with him today so hello hey Emily how are you doing thanks for having me on looking forward to having a chat with you today Ah, good, good. I look like I should match where you are today. (laughs) Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's matching, isn't it? (laughs) That's the first thing I said, I noticed when you came on today, because obviously we're still recording over Zoom, and uh, you've got this sunshine yellow, you know, background (laughs) behind you. Yeah. (laughs) We can imagine, we can imagine. So yeah, thanks for joining me today. You are somebody who has had a very incredible kind of life I think and you are somebody who I believe is so integral to you know making waves in the mental health atmosphere and um, doing good things and challenging things and making people believe you know that they can do something insane such as uh, running a crazy amount of marathons in a crazy amount of days, um, which we will talk about. But can you give us a little intro who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm Stephen Crompton and uh, my daytime job is construction, but my passion is my charity work, um, which is running Challenge Child Poverty, along with uh, 15 volunteers. We... um, stage mass endurance running events to help um, projects around the world to help children off the street, give them access to education. And um, what sort of led me into that was uh, having a, a very difficult sort of childhood myself at a young age. Um, it, was, it was a difficult time between the ages of like five and, and, and 10, 15 probably about 15 really, we had a very, very difficult childhood and um, got got involved with drugs have really early on at like 11 years of age, got heavily involved with drugs. Um, my mum had sort of gone off the rails with alcohol and she was sort of struggling with alcoholism and I was just this 11 year old lad just allowed to run riot and got myself into a pretty uh, difficult sort of path in life. And uh, it took me down a very dark road. I got involved with, it started off with just cannabis, then ecstasy, amphetamine. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of, it just escalates really. And um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a very uh, challenging time and, and something that um, has stuck with me ever since. So when I um, got to about 16, I got the chance to join the army and leave, leave the the drugs and the alcohol and the crime and everything behind and uh, I went on and joined the army thought it was gonna 
help save my life and turn it around. And um, to it was, I mean, to begin with, it was absolutely amazing. It, it really did suit me down to a T, the training and the, the high intensity of it. And um, it saved me for a while, but only for a short space of time whilst the training was intense because once, once the training sort of stopped, all my underlying issues from a, from a traumatic childhood started to surface. And um, I, uh, I soon got addicted to gambling once I, once I was old enough in the army. And um, I remember the first time I went into the bookies, I put about £3 into the machine, won about £128, and that was it. I was just hooked. It was just such a buzz. I was hooked straight into it. And um, within a short space of time, I was, I was in a bad place. It was uh, about six months I went from having my first like, flutter in the bookies to, uh, to being a comp- absolutely thousands of pounds in debt struggling to keep up with the training due to having no money to, to to pay for the food and stuff like that and within 12 months of, of starting to gamble i'd in the army i'd um lost uh everything i lost that pride and the the good feeling that i got from joining the army and passing basic training and stuff and um ended up discharged from the army i ended up putting about 400 pounds in a 250 pound jackpot machine in the bar one night and um i'd lost thousands of pounds by then i was so frustrated i ended up smashing the machine up and taking my money back out of it and being a civilian machine on on an army base i had to be um dealt with by the uh the civilian police and, and that looked bad on the army so i got a discharge for that not a dishonorable but an administrative where i could rejoin but Going from joining the army to leave all that drugs and alcohol behind to um, to the highs of feeling like I've turned my life around and and found a career to two years later being a full blown gambling addict and and kicked out of the army was uh, was quite a challenging time um, and then within six months of leaving or being discharged from the army I ended up on the streets smoking heroin and crack cocaine and um, in prison, got a four-month prison sentence. So I went from a traumatic childhood to joining the army to try and escape it, uh, living on the streets and, and straight to prison. So um, that was a hell of a... You, went, of a, you uh, went in. You went in hard. Yeah. I was 20 years of age when I got discharged from the army and um, I was 19 and a half. I spent my 20th birthday in prison. So... Uh, yeah that was it was like one crazy roller coaster of just trauma really just mm. up and down of just uh, incredible um looking back on it now it's an incredible journey but um at the time it was very very devastating yeah like I can imagine. When, when i got discharged from the army and uh end up on the streets you know i was suicidal i tried to take my own life i was absolutely finished with life I didn't think there was any way for me to come back I just tried so hard to escape this life and now I'm right back where I started and now I've what where do I go from here and it was a a very very difficult time Mm. I think uh, listening to what you were said what you were saying it's I think so many of us do this where we've had something traumatic happen or we've got you know some something that we that hurts us inside whether it be trauma or if it be something else and it's like 
we try and find these band these plasters for it so we we put yeah. a plaster on and 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 then the plaster starts to become a bit sticky and it and it's like not really working anymore so we find a different plaster and we put it on and i think it's something that i've recognized in myself because when i was really ill i had an eating disorder um and then i started the you know that that long recovery i started to drink instead to kind of cover up because I could no longer cover up how I felt with my eating disorder because I was trying to get better from it. And I think what you did is it, I think is a lot of what people do. They, they try and recover and then they find something else and they find something else. And, and because we've still got that pain point that we haven't, you know, figured out yet. What was it that made you, you've got to this point where you're on the streets and you've been through a lot in such a short amount of time what was it was there a moment that made you decide to take a different route or was it a person what what was it that changed things for you i i always i always wanted more you know from from a very young age i always wanted to to get to the bottom of, of why i was feeling and behaving in the way that i was and I think, you know, them six months, uh, the four months in prison gave me time to think. Um, but it didn't heal me whatsoever, you know. It's a long process. It's, you, you have to, um, I think, uh, to be able to, for me, it was difficult because I never understood all the feelings and, and the way that I felt and stuff were all just, hidden from me you know i didn't understand i didn't even have much self-awareness because i started taking drugs at such a young age i didn't really learn a lot about you know my emotions or regulating my emotions or how i felt or i basically just felt like a robot really just being sort of pulled where whatever the strongest pull was to help me deal with or, or escape the way that i was feeling but it was difficult. I had to build up a, a, a sense of self-awareness and, and work on that before I could really start to turn, turn things around. So even when I, got, when, I left, when I got discharged from prison, I spent five years just, just trying so hard, trying to beat the gambling, trying to beat the, you know, to stop drinking. And I, with the gambling, I just couldn't. I, I was fighting so hard and I really wanted nothing more, but I didn't, I really, I, I couldn't let go of it. I was, it was just such an escape for me. It was, uh, the, the, they would all go hand in hand. You'd go, I'd go out drinking and go gambling. And it was just once one had stopped entertaining me, it was the next. And, but it was, it, yeah, it was a real, um, I had, to get to a point where I knew in my mind that if I don't do something now, I'm not going to survive. Like I can't carry on the way that I'm going because every time that I lost all my money in the, in the casino or, or every time I went on a drinking binge at the end of that, I would feel so down and bad about myself that I just, I felt suicidal every time. And, and I just, I could not carry on the way that I was going. And I just, it was sort of, I don't know, you know, a lot of people say that it hit rock bottom. I mean, I hit rock bottom quite a few times throughout. Um, but it, it was that, it was just a point where I just went, I'm going to fight and do whatever it takes. And even if I have to walk this path alone, because the thing is, 
it's hard to break away from what you know, your friends, your family, um, and, and, and maybe that's not always the best environment for you to flourish. So sometimes you've got to be willing to, to step away from all that and, and, and fight the battle alone. And, and that's what I did really. I went, you know what, whatever happens, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes. I'm going to fight to the death to, to turn, turn the ship around, you know, get my, get my mind in a positive, um, strong place and, and get rid of the addictions, the gambling and, and the, the drinking and everything else. But uh, yeah, it was about, was about 25. I just just split up with my ex-girlfriend, been together four years and um, I thought this, this is the time, this is the time I've, I'm going to uh, do whatever it takes. And I started running. I started doing, taking up running at uh, 25 and a half. It was great. The running was good because that was like a, that distraction. I could go out and go running every night. You know, I could, it would make me feel good for a short space of time. So that gave me a bit of a platform that I did when I started running at about 25 and a half. Started running every night after work, trained for first half marathon. And I smashed my first half marathon in one hour 30. Um, Gosh. One hour 30, 44 seconds. And I was aiming for one hour 30. Um, and it was a great feeling running down that straight. I remember the Great West run in Exeter, my first half marathon, absolute buzz. I was, I felt quite good at something, and and there's people cheering you, and you feel, you feel like somebody, you know. And 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 that's something that I hadn't felt for a very long time. So um, that 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 helped me like that, just really focus and, and start to work on the other aspects of my life. Um, I think yeah, a lot yeah. of people look at who haven't struggled with any form of addiction, look at it and go, well, just stop doing it. Like, just don't yeah. take a drink. Just don't, you know, just don't like not eat. Just, you know, don't go into the gambling shop. Like it, they see it as such a simple thing to stop. But yeah. I think the, it's the, it's, it's, this is just, a symptom what happens on the outside is just as a symptom of the real problem which is inside yeah, yeah and it sounds like you running you know that courage to turn around and change things which i think actually is really to be commended because especially if yeah. you've come from a place that you know your mum struggled um there's almost like a expectance you know, well, you know, my mum struggled, so I've got permission to struggle almost. Yeah. You almost get yeah. that, you know, this is, this is how it is. Um, and I know some other people that have been on, to the, on the podcast, they are the first people in their family to turn around and go for something more. And I think that is such courage. And it sounds like you kind of getting out and running is the breathing space that you need because with self-awareness sometimes comes so much more pain because you're suddenly not only are you doing these actions you're suddenly aware of why you're doing these actions and you know that yeah. it's wrong and it causes like this awful clash of of what your brain wants to do and what your body or your heart you know wants to do yeah. um so when you when you started running then it sounds like actually it, it was quite a tough time if you were just broken up with your partner yeah. that could have been the permission for you to turn around and go well fuck it I've you know I've lost yeah. somebody this is the chance I'm just going to go to the pub or I'm just going to go to the like betting shop because fuck it what matters this doesn't matter anymore yeah something in you this time changed 
to go running. Do you know what that was or is it just kind of a culmination of those little steps you've taken? Yeah, I, 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 want, I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel good about the way that I was, the way that I was, you know. And um, I, I felt like I'd been just using my past or my bad experiences in life as an excuse or blaming my bad childhood or, or stuff. And, and, and it was, I decided this is down to me to, to I'm feeling a lot of, a lot of pain and stuff, but it's down to me to take that pain and, and, and turn this, turn this around and, and make myself accountable and stop trying to, you know, because it was a very difficult time. And I think you've, <laughs> to come through like decades of trauma through childhood then addictions and, and, and all of that, you, you have to sort of, you have to be ready to fight because it's quite a hard battle. It's not just, just a decision. It's a very, it's a tough one. You know, all these addictions like you were saying about how people just say, you know, stop drinking, stop gambling, just don't go to the bookies. I told myself that a million times and I, I battled myself a lot to try that, but I could not because the subconscious program that was hardwired was just too powerful because it was, it's just, it's like a, a very strong drug. Like gambling is the worst I've taken and been addicted to many different drugs, you know, alcohol, same. Um, but gambling, that's, that's the, Oh, it's so difficult because also it's difficult for anyone to understand because it's a psychological addiction. There's no physical, you know, sort of thing going on there. Like, you know, if you're drunk or you're, you're high on drugs or whatnot, but um, gambling strips you of everything and you, you have to battle and you have to be, start to reprogram the way you're thinking and, and, and sort of go look within you and stop looking outside of you for the for the answer because it's not you're not going to find it and um it took me a while to find to to realize that that it was down to me it was down to me to go within myself and and and, and start to turn everything around and that is quite a tough process and that's why the, the the running is something that really helps me the running gave me the strength it gave me the energy to battle and fight you know to turn up to the gambling anonymous meetings to to read the self-development books, you know, to, to listen to the thousands of hours of motivational, or inspirational podcasts that I'd listen to on my runs and start to rewire and, and re, um, reprogram my thinking patterns. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's like a, a specific formula, but it, it certainly, certainly helps. I think if there was a specific formula, you'd be a fucking millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because... Yeah everybody experiences trauma differently. So what one person would consider a really traumatic event in their life, another person may not. And it doesn't negate the trauma. You know, it doesn't no. stop. It doesn't mean that it isn't real to that person. And as a response to trauma, we've all got very different ways of dealing with things. If there was a miracle cure now, if you, if there, if you think about it, would you have taken it? Um, if there was a miracle cure, I mean, if you're asking me like at the time, would I have taken it? I'm like, saying in yeah, retrospection. Yeah, in retrospection, no, because I'm happy where I'm at and I'm happy the experiences that I've gone through that have made me into who I am now. And um, that's a way that I was able to move on was to have gratitude for 
the journey and for all the difficult experiences to be able to learn from them rather than for them to to break me so yeah no I, I probably wouldn't take it now um but if you'd offered to me when I was back there so I would have took it straight away oh yeah 100 percent. I'm totally yeah. with you on that <laughs> yeah 21 yeah, year old me would have just been like give it I don't care <laughs> yeah intravenously like whatever just give it (laughs) (laughs) um so tell me a little bit then about so you've started you know you've been through this i'm i'm really shouting sorry i'm getting too excited Um, (laughs) you started so you went through this you you started running you've started to make these changes and you know you're, you're you're really changing your life for the better how does the charity come into play like how did that start what was the motivation for it because you're the founder of challenge child poverty aren't you yeah that's right yeah so it's um actually i was probably about two years into my turning around um it was 2018 so it was 2000 late late 2015 when i started to run and start to turn my life around and in 2018, I'd probably I'd been doing pretty well for two years. You know, I'd been I'd managed to stop the gambling and and cut down on the drinking. I I was still drinking now and again, um, but um, yeah, I managed to really get a grip on myself. And I wasn't anywhere near where where I am today. But at the time, I wanted to go and do something. And I think, you know, intuitively, like I wanted to go to Africa to help the kids because of the kid inside of me that, you know, that suffered and, and, and sort of struggled in a way. It was sort of the intuitive feeling of going to help children to, in a way, to heal myself as well, you know. And uh, yeah, that's what it sort of ended up. And I went out there and, and volunteered for a project that saves children off the street and gives them access to an education. And it was, it was an incredible experience. It was a tough one, very tough, because it's the culture shock, you know, massive culture difference. but. Um, I just I fell in love with the, the spirit of these kids that you know struggling struggling a lot more than I probably did as a child and um, you know I've seen four or five years of age um, children just on the street sniffing rocket fuel no one to turn to no help like finding food out of bins and stuff and that was a massive shock it was a massive eye opener um, gave me a lot of sort of perspective coming back from that but I um, I really fell in love with this project of Mario Uganda and the people that were running it. And there was a couple of kids, um, John and um, Isaac, that um, we decided to support to pay for their school fees to go to school because they're two incredible kids. Um, they're all incredible, but, you know, two, two incredible kids that really want to learn, just can't afford to go to school. So we sort of decided to pay for their school fees. And um, it was it was a great experience that, you know, it. it it's I went away from there thinking like we, on the way back I was there for three months and um I was like there's no way I can walk away from this it, there's no way I can walk away seeing and knowing that I could go and make this my life purpose and I can go and with you know the energy and and the fight I have within me I can make anything happen so I was like, I've got to go away and build a charity and we're going to raise. And, you know, 
in my head, I was like, running saved my life in a way. So I'm going to stage mass endurance running events. We're going to raise lots of money. Um, and then we're going to support these small established projects to help more children off the streets and give them access to an education. And um, that's what I did. So I came back and that idea started to, got registered with a charity commission and, and built the charity. But one thing I realized is that it has become my purpose in life is to sort of help children suffering um not just in africa but the charity we, we renamed the charity from run for child poverty to challenge child poverty because we want to raise we want to um stage m- multiple different sports um uh, massager at sporting events not just running but um started to build it uh build everything up and um set up our first running event conquer 24 which has been staged at the powder castle in exeter it was meant to be on the 16th and 17th of may this year but uh, obviously that was postponed till the 5th of june next year but um i decided right i'm going to go out and run the whip of africa as a sort of massive challenge to raise lots of money and uh, awareness for the charity and, and the project that we're supporting was this before one, or one. after covid this this was before covid so i'm sort of i'm 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 there i've spent a year working hard all year to save up this money to go and do this run across africa because i had a support vehicle and a, and, a, and a support team you know and it costs a lot of money uh to fund this project but i thought you know this is it's big enough to to raise a lot of money and awareness for the charity and and the projects that we're supporting and um so I was like, I'm going to do it. We're going to go and run across the width of Africa. 95 marathons in 90 days. So run about 35 miles a day. How many um, miles in total? It was two and a half thousand miles. Um, so we, I just, yeah, just like that. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Um, we just started planning it, got it together. And I thought it'd run in nicely, you know, running across Africa. And then when I got back um, six weeks later, <coughs> Our first uh, sporting event, Conquer 24, it's sort of, you know, run nicely into each other, really. So I'm 68 marathons into the run across Africa when I have to stop. I've just ran 1,800 miles, averaging 35 miles a day, running through extreme temperatures, national parks, and I had to stop like 23 marathons from the end i just ran 68 marathons it was in 66 days and um covid had just sort of hit us hard in 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 um, namibia we just got through our last border which was an absolute nightmare getting through it it nearly broke me trying to get through there but we managed to get through and um everyone was just shouting you know, Corona, Corona running out the way. And it became, it felt like it became quite hostile. And this was a really challenging part of the run, running across 200 kilometers of national parks and, and, and sort of a very difficult sort of area that we're running across. And there were some really nice people that we met, but a lot of people were starting to get panicked by the, the COVID. And um, I had a team with me from Zambia, a driver and a cook. And, um, I got wind that within two days they were going to close the border in Namibia and we wouldn't have been able to get the guys back to Zambia. And I would still be stuck in the desert now with, with my support team and probably 
a hell of a lot of debt <laughs> because it was a self-funded project to sort of help the charity and 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 our first event and stuff and um, yeah so i said right we've got we've got to get right now we've got to get drive i think it's about 300 miles get across the border i was praying that we could get back into zambia and we did we got through across the border into zambia and uh, got the team home safe because that was the most important thing if it was just me i probably would have carried on running but um yeah, I couldn't, couldn't risk being, you know, the team. They got families in, in Zambia to get home to. So we got them home. Uh, it took me about five days to get back. But I remember two days after that, two days after the end of the run, because I put everything into this campaign. And, and obviously with COVID hitting, you know, fundraising was impossible. So, um, you know, that sort of had a massive hit and we, we didn't raise a lot of money in the end but um for two days afterwards i was so so gutted i was just i felt like i was i just didn't even like know why you know what is going on i just didn't understand what was going on in the world i i'd been so just focused on running 35 miles a day across africa that i just didn't really know what was going on around the world it was a very confusing two days where i was a little bit depressed and down and felt just empty just like what have I just done all that for you know and then within two days I, was, I, I turned it into a right positive and, and we started to plan the um, uh, second attempt which has now turned into running the length of Africa so you know you just if something doesn't go to plan or doesn't go your way you've just got to look at how you can benefit from it and and um, and, and use it to your advantage you know even a pandemic all right, the pandemic stopped us, but we're going to go back and we're going to do something bigger and better. We're going to smash it. So uh, yeah, See, turn that around pretty quick. <laughs> that mindset of yours yeah. is just... See, that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you because, yeah. you like, as you were talking then, my heart was just breaking because I was like, this is, <laughs> like, the worst thing and I... I just wish I could help and do everything like, and I could like turn back time and we can get <laughs> yeah. it all done beforehand and blah, you know, but then you've turned around and you're like, you know what, actually, this isn't going to break me. This is, we're going to make this even better. And that is just so inspiring. I think it's, it's, it's the only way to, to be, it's the only way you're going to, you know, survive. Like, there's a whole lot of negative stuff in life. There's a whole ton of negative stuff everywhere you turn. You know, if 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 we let it affect us or break us, then or, or or we you know look at all the reasons why we can't do something. It's we're never going to get anywhere. You have to just as soon as you can. It's all right to feel like broken. I felt broken for two days, but that's right. How are we going to make this? How are we going to, what can we learn from it? You know, what can we learn from it? How can we go on better? And, and, and we are going to go on better. And we're going to go and beat the world record of running the length of Africa. And um, we're going to do that next, the end of next year. I've got the, the guy who has actually got the world record set in 1998, who's going to be training me up. So that's quite a good narrative for the story. Wow. But um, yeah, we're going to go out and run 248 marathons and run the length of Africa in and beat the world record by over 100 days that's our that's our aim and you know we're going to give it our absolute best shot and that's it's just a way to sort of look at things isn't it not uh, focus on all the things that have gone wrong all the things that it's 
it's going to make it difficult but focus on all the things that you can learn from something and how you can you know turn that into a positive and sort of like i could have easily just been so depressed and so upset we've not raised the money we've the campaign's over you know i'm gonna go back to england and 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 start work and um but no instead i was like how can we turn this into a positive you know how can we um and and i think it's it makes sense as well because at first i was like go back and start again run the width of africa and and yeah that would be all right but why not just go one better you know like you've only got one life we've got nothing to lose um so yeah that's what we're gonna do we're gonna smash that but uh that takes a lot of planning yeah i bet a lot of countries are gonna be running through so that is incredible though do you when you say like you have to run through national parks is that like where people have safaris yeah so do you have to like when you get your travel insurance do you have to say by the way i could be in by tiger when i got my insurance i i didn't tell him i was running through national parks but um i did tell him i was running across africa but i didn't tell him across national parks i just think they wouldn't have insured me (laughs) you know we've we've run through we've run we ran through two major national parks makumi in tanzania which is um uh, you know got lions and, and elephants and we ran past elephants and giraffes and and zebras it was amazing absolutely incredible terrifying at times if if, okay. if if you if you allow the seed of sort of doubt trickle in you have to stay focused on what you're doing you know trust in in the setup that you've got you know we had the support vehicle next to us whilst i was running through the national park um with with the side door open and people keeping a watch out you know you just have to f- really focus and, and and just enjoy and and try to not worry about the things that could go wrong like being eaten by a lion because if that happens like it's game over anyway but well maybe not but you just got to trust in in your team and, and the situation just stay focused and try and enjoy the scenery you know like giraffes yeah. running by and elephants walking by it's the hippos um, you want to be careful of those are nasty yeah. fuckers apparently yeah. they are they are fucking faster than me i'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah yeah but actually, the, the most dangerous thing, because I spoke to a lot of rangers and stuff, you know, did a lot of research beforehand, and the dangerous, most dangerous animal is elephants. Most people killed by elephants. Because it's misconception, you know, really loving, like, cute animals, but they're very dangerous. If, if, if you spook one and it charges you, you, you've got little chance of getting out of the way. So, um, yeah, elephants are the most dangerous. What would you rather get killed by? <laughs> um, do you know what you I said I, that's when I was running through the park he said I don't want to get eaten by a lion but if I do sod it there's worse ways to die you know <laughs> <laughs> in my mind I was like well it's, you know the, we're going to raise a, a shit ton of money um if I get eaten by a lion yeah, can you so imagine the press on that <laughs> so you know that's that's the way that I deal with that, that sort of thing um, <laughs> and, and, and honestly yeah I would have been happy to get eaten by a lion if, if it meant millions of pounds got raised for the for the project saving children off the street would have been a good take way to go. Take that one for the but team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that one for the team and and um look forward to my next life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll come back as something really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the worst would probably be like one one of the animals that like plays with its food. I wouldn't want to that would be <laughs> that I just I'd rather it quicken over. 
You never thought yeah. you were going to come on a podcast and talk about what animal you prefer to be killed by, <laughs> did you? No, no. But, you know, <laughs> worst things to talk about. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, that is an insane amount of running. And you must... So, I don't run. I think if anybody's listened to more than one episode of this podcast, they'll know that I'm not a runner. Um, and I would like to be a runner because if a zombie apocalypse happens, <laughs> I would yeah. like to be able to get away. So that's <laughs> the only reason I really want to run. So, But I've got friends that have run um, marathons and things like that. And they say like, there's a point at which your brain, like you, you, it just goes into like a mental battle where your, your brain's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I can't do this anymore. And, and it's a real struggle to get past it. Do you still find that in every marathon you do? Do you still have God, to get yeah. over that hump? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It's, it's, you, you, beca- you, you start to, you learn to love that, that battle. That battle is what you're there for, you know. If you're um, running across Africa, running, you know, a marathon, I was running 35 miles a day. One day around 54 miles, the next day around 40, you know, on, on the back, off the back of a 54. So, you know, it's that pain that you learn to love because that's where that your, your awareness, your self-awareness comes into being able to control your mind. And, um, and that voice inside your head that just wants to give you the easy way out, you know, and I love that battle. Um, it's never, never gets any easier. So people say, Oh, I wish I could run. Like, I wish it was as easy as it is for you. Um, for me running and it's not easy it's just I, i've learned to love and, and fall in love with that the process of the pain running through that because you gain strength from 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 that you know like running running a marathon a day for you know 35 miles a day for 68 days the amount of mind control that i had to go you know to use i had to i had to use a lot of different methods to try and get myself through that um and and there's a lot of pain that you have to run through, but you learn to love the process. And when you learn to love the process, when you learn to see, when you, you you see it as a benefit, you see the strength that you gain from from being able to go through all that pain, and it feel good at the end, and 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 you feel that strength from it, then it sort of sets you up for anything, mm-hmm. because you 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 don't fear feeling that pain you know so you just like i don't feel there's a lot i wouldn't do after after running that it's, insane amount of marathons it's back. insane it's so insane <laughs> but it's such like a metaphor for life though isn't it mm, yeah no it really is you know like um you really do get out of it what you put in you know with running like if you're willing to go the extra mile you're gonna you're gonna gain a lot of strength from it but there, there is a lot of with with running ultra and stuff like running long distances um and the pain you yeah you've got to really love it because if not it could be very very uncomfortable if you're gonna if you don't like it you know if you if you don't like you've got to learn to love the pain but um yeah it's it, it's something that i absolutely couldn't live without like going through that process uh, it just makes me feel alive when i feel like so close to like my mind wants to give up and i'm just battling and i'm like no way no bloody way keep testing me keep you know there's no way i'm giving up 
mind i'll be running along on my mind and be like just have a break you know have a hot chocolate have a have a have a snack just chill you don't need to run 35 miles today just run 25 and that's the part that i love is is going no no i'm i'm doing this you know and i'm taking control and it's it's it's, it's having that control over your mind you know because it always wants to offer you the easy way out and it's not always the best option mm. yeah i always listen to that mind no, okay, I won't. I won't do it today. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a, I'll just have a break today. I just I'm just gonna have a hot chocolate. I'll just I'll watch. I'll watch it yeah. today. <laughs> so that mindset then. So you you were on TV, weren't you? I was the you were on a famous SES Who Dares Wins, yeah. That's, I've um, realised you're the third person on SES Who Dares Wins I've had on my podcast. Really? I feel like I'm collecting like Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah. What numbers have you got? I'm number ten. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, you don't know. No, I need to. I've got so I've had Sam and Michael and yourself. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, I know Michael. He's a very, very nice guy. Yeah. So. Guy, yeah. Me, I, sh- I need the numbers. I need the numbers, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so when you went on that program you that mindset that you've got must have really helped you through did you find because you had that did you find it as much of a challenge do you think or when when was it well that was in 2016 so you remember that was four months after i decided to turn my life around and start running i signed up for that so april 2016 September 2015, I started running. October, I did my first half marathon. By December, I'd been through the registration process. And early in 2016, I was accepted. I seen the show and I thought, you know what? For me at the time, I had been discharged from the army and it broke my heart. Like, it was that one thing that I loved. It was a family, you know, I was from a broken family. Uh, the, the the training you go through, you build a very strong bond and it's like a little family, you're, you know, your section of about eight eight guys in, in our section. We went through all phase two trains together and stuff and it broke my heart and you had that sort of, you know, that close-knit family. And yeah, I, was, I forgot what I was actually going to go on to from there. What was it? From the, so from the army. When you did the SES. Oh yeah, from the SES. So um got me thinking then about the army and there's so much there you know so much around that time but um yeah so going going on the SES show and seeing the SES show it was like it, for me it was like a perfect opportunity to because I lost a lot of pride when I got discharged from the army I lost a lot a lot of my soul I feel like a lot of my soul was left behind and um the SES show was a perfect opportunity to, to gain my pride back and and gain that sense of I, I guess I needed to sort of feel like I was good enough you know like being discharged I, I never felt like I was good enough growing up and I never really had that sort of feel you know that that I, I never really had that um you know from my parents or and and then joining the army like I felt like I was good at something I felt like I was good enough and then getting discharged I just the, the SES show was perfect timing. Applied. I knew I was going to get on because it was just it just felt like it was right time. And um, yeah, it helped me um, regain 
that sense of purpose and, and that I was good at it. You know, I knew I was good at like, I, I was strong. I was, I, I knew I had that strength and I knew I was sort of able to, um, to do it, but it was, I wasn't no way near where I am now. When I went on that show, I, I struggled. I struggled a lot because, um, I was giving it, I, it meant so much to me. There was, I just, I was trying too much. My head was all over the place. I was so worried about messing up. Like I messed everything up, but it was a great experience. You know, it was like, it gave me at the right time that perfect opportunity to see what I'm made of. And, and, and my, my mindset, although I, I knew that I was strong, I'd been broken. I was, I was just broken, but that enabled me to rebuild it enabled me to realize that I am who I am again, you know, and I've got that strength and, and it gave me a sense of pride back. And, and it was, it, it sort of helped. It helped, you know, it was part of the process. Mm. And I, was, I was very, very fortunate. I think. What you said about, I'm not good enough. Yeah. That is something I, feel 100% because that was my internal monologue as well and it it wasn't in a training capacity but I was good at acting that was the one thing I was good at and I was like yes I'm I'm gonna make it and when I had to leave drama school that feeling of that it's like it reinforces that 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 internal monologue of I'm not good enough and it's such I'm so I'm fascinated by it because I think so many people who have struggled in life with addiction have probably got that internal dialogue at some point in their life yeah yeah without a doubt without a doubt do you feel like after your experience on SAS who dares wins do you feel like you found answers in it yeah it was a difficult time after after the SAS who dares wins for about there was a lot of processing it was about six months I guess after that because it was so intense there was so much going on I was certain that I, I could like complete it absolutely certain before I even started it I was I backed myself 100% but I, I struggled in the um certain things because of how much it meant to me but it it answered a lot of questions what it did is seeing so looking at people who has like maybe been successful or stuff in their life or and 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 then you you look at sort of their backgrounds and 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 then you you know you get people telling you that you know that you've done really well and you've you know you've got to you know you finish third and it yeah it made me feel it made me feel like I was somebody for a minute, you know, it made me feel like something. Um, it made me feel like I was good at something. You know, I was I like, you know, I finished third out of 25 guys here. You know, so that's pretty, uh, it, it really did help give me a boost to, to go away. Um, but it, it took me about six months to really process it all because it was difficult. I, I didn't know what to expect after it, but um, I, I still had a lot, a lot of work to do. It, it highlighted where I was weak, it highlighted my strengths and it highlighted my weaknesses. Mentally, uh, you know, my awareness was just still very much lacking. Um, I had like, it highlighted all my 
massive strengths and I was like well I'm quite strong at that I'm strong at that but I'm massively weak at that and and like so I was able to go away and start to work on my weaknesses and accept them I think that's a massive thing is to accept your weaknesses you know and to, to you start to really understand who you are and what you're made of you know understand your weaknesses understand your strengths and, and that's what that show gave me it gave me an opportunity to look at my strengths and weaknesses and go away and go, now I know I've got to work on a bit more to be, you know, to get to that next level. And um, yeah, great journey, really mm. good journey. <laughs> I know I said I like collect SAS Who Dares Wins people and I, that yeah. was an exaggeration, I know. But actually I was thinking about it when you were talking and I think it's because I think that programme attracts a certain person and I think those people are the people that are my kind of people. It's the, it's what you do. It's who you are. And it's your mindset, I think, that is the thing that is so appealing about you. Because you are somebody who has been through a lot. But you are also somebody who is just so inspirational. I see you completely. And I can relate to you in so many different ways, even though we're very different people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I mean, it does. The, the, the SAS show does attract um, people with a powerful story, but also I think people go on the SAS who does wins mainly. They really, they, they're really looking to test themselves, you know, and, and, and they're the ones that get to the end. And it doesn't matter whether they're, you know, it's that intention. It's the intention of what you're there for. Like, if you're there to test yourself and, and to find out your strengths and weaknesses and, and, and work on your weaknesses, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to have a good chance of um, sort of finding that out because it's, it's just, yeah, it's that sort of opportunity. It's, it's a great opportunity to do that. But, um, See, I, I always I, wanted to go on the Island. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one I always wanted to go on, but so, I've, I've tried and tried. Bear Grylls. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you a story. I applied. So when it, obviously I was just turning my life around, I thought, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in search. I'm searching for some experience that's going to allow me to, to find myself, you know, in the islands, like got that sort of um, image about it, isn't it? And, and I applied for the island and the SAS Who Does Wins. And, and I got through to the application phase, like through to the next phase of both. And, um, I had to make a decision and, and I wanted the SES who does wins because of the military and how, how I had to like how it was going to hopefully help me gain my pride back and it did and you know made the decision there. But yeah, I could have ended up on the island. But no, never would have. I I mean I'd love to. I, I do dream about, you know, maybe one day just being on an island, you know, just like away from civilization, just yeah. Peace. You know. <laughs> yeah just quiet but I wondered if you could maybe share where people can go to keep up to date with your challenge what people can do to support the charity because obviously I know at the moment coronavirus has caused a massive problem with charitable causes because as you said you know you can't do anything to fundraise donations are quite scarce yeah. is there anything people can do to support you during like this time or people can look out for 
Yeah, for sure. Um, we've got the, the website challengechildpoverty.org.uk, which um, will have all the up-to-date sort of information on any events that we're running. Um, you know, there's, there's a blog on there about the run across Africa that you can read about if you're interested in that. And um, you can donate through there if you want to support the charity. And um, But if you're into running, you love sports, then sign up to uh, our flagship 24-hour running event, Conquer 24. We stage on the 5th and 6th of June next year. And it's going to be incredible. So that, that's a great way to get, get involved if anyone wants to support the charity. Um, anyone wants to follow me on Instagram on uh, Stephen J. Crompton. Um, keep up to date with the Run Across Africa and stuff like that. But, you, you know, you can do that through the charity website as well. Um, and, and, yeah, support us if, if you can. Um, we are quite lucky because we, I decided to run the charity with volunteers and we've got no paid staff. So we're kind of able to still carry on operating with little worry that we're putting people out of jobs and stuff. So that's, um, that's a big benefit to us so we can carry on operating. But we do need um, people to sign up to our events and support us with donations if you can. So, Amazing. Yeah. I will be posting all of those links in the show notes as well. So if you are a runner, if you want to challenge yourself and get involved um, to support a fantastic cause, then definitely go down to those show notes and join in. I will definitely be supporting. I will not be running. I just <laughs> cannot do that to myself. Um, hey, we need lots of marshals. <laughs> I will be a marshal. I will yeah. be a cheer. I'll cheer at the side. Yeah. I'll entertain people. Yeah, we, we do need a lot of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I will do. I will do everything else or, to support. <laughs> what about doing a motivational talk? Uh, anytime. <laughs> anytime. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're going to be having loads of motivational speakers throughout the weekend, so that's going to be cool. I'm 100% um, there. Cool. 100%. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it for sure. Okay, right. So make sure you go and follow Stephen. He's just as positive online as he is in conversation. So if you're on Instagram, and sometimes Instagram can get a little bit bleak, He's one that you want on your feed. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Tribe Talk Podcast. Follow me at MJ Andrew and let us know how you're doing. It's always good to hear from you. So pop us a message and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Bye. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye.